Nearly 90% of poliomyelitis cases are found in Nigeria and India, two countries where the virus remains endemic. Poor vaccine coverage, especially in Nigeria, has contributed to the transmission of disease. But could a newly licensed monovalent vaccine help eliminate the virus in the region? Is this strategy applicable in India as well? And how does this all fit into the worldwide effort to eradicate poliovirus? You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a special segment focused on global medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Hsu, practicing general pediatrician and author. Our guest is Dr. Bruce Aylworth, internist, epidemiologist, and director of the Global Polio Eradication Initiative with the World Health Organization in Geneva, Switzerland. Welcome, Dr. Aylworth. Thank you, Jennifer. Now, Nigeria and India are among the handful of remaining countries that are endemic in polio. What are the challenges that have made it so difficult to eradicate the virus in these countries? Jennifer, you probably know, when we set off to eradicate polio about 20 years ago, there were over 125 countries where the disease was still endemic. And over the course of the past 20 years, the disease has been eliminated from all except four of those countries. Indigenous polio has been eliminated. And in addition to India and Nigeria, there's Pakistan and Afghanistan, which have also had persistent transmission, despite 10 years of ongoing eradication activities in each of these countries. But the reasons for the ongoing polio in each country, and hence the potential solutions, are quite different in Nigeria. It appears to simply be the fact that not enough kids are getting vaccinated in the northern part of the country. As a simple service delivery or suboptimal delivery of the vaccine seems to be the problem. In northern India, interestingly, a very different challenge. What it seems there is we're dealing really with a two-pronged problem. One is because of the density of population, the poor sanitation, etc., we've got incredibly efficient transmission of the virus. The virus can just circulate so easily in that area. The other problem we have is we found, and this is one of the important findings that came out of the research agenda of the program in the last couple of years, is that the efficacy of the vaccine in northern India, in the last two infected areas of India, is fully half of what it is, the per-dose efficacy in the rest of the country. So we have more of a technical problem to solve in India and an operational challenge in Nigeria. You brought up a number of very important points. Let's try to break them down a little bit and talk a little bit in more detail about specifics. First of all, why is it that these two countries play such a large role in global polio eradication? Is it just because of the sheer numbers, or is there transmission of the polio virus from these countries to others? It's a two-pronged problem, multifaceted problem both of these countries pose for the eradication initiative. First is the sheer burden of disease. Together they account for 90% of the polio in the world. And the second thing is that these are the only two countries in the world that have served as the virologic origin, so to speak, of all of the international spread of polio that we've seen in the last five to six years. In the last five years alone, if I remember correctly, we have seen over 100 documented exportations of polio out of these two countries, 75% of it out of Nigeria and the balance from India. And it's cost over 500 million, now nearly three quarters of a billion dollars in international control efforts to deal with the spread of polio from these countries. So there's the problem within the countries themselves and the international spread 
from them. Afghanistan and Pakistan are different. In both those countries, the virus has traveled back and forth across their border, but it actually hasn't spread outside of those areas. Now, I was looking at your website recently, and there is a report on the number of global cases by country. And I noticed that in 2008, there was a higher number of cases for many of these endemic countries than in recent previous years. What do you think might be the reason for that? Well, in each country, it's a little bit different. In the case of India, what actually happened was they had a big outbreak in late 2007, which then carried over into the early part of 2008. So the vast majority of the cases you're seeing for India are basically from the first part of this year and the tailing off of an outbreak from last year. And that outbreak was due to what we call the type 3 polio virus, and it was a consequence of a big emphasis to try and stop the type 1 polio first, because that was the one that was spreading internationally. In Nigeria, a different problem. What happened there was because the immunization campaigns weren't getting extremely high coverage, they were getting about 70% of children in some of the areas of the north. Over the past two to three years, there was an accumulation of susceptible kids and bang, a major outbreak of the type 1, the particularly dangerous polio virus. In Pakistan, a third problem, and this gives you a sense of the complexity of the different pieces of a puzzle we're trying to juggle to mix my metaphors. In Pakistan, what you're seeing there is an outbreak, but it's due to a different problem. There, with the deterioration in security in the tribal areas bordering Afghanistan, just in the last six months, as the new government has really put an emphasis to bring some order to those areas, we've seen a large movement of people out of the polio-infected areas of Pakistan, where it was sort of cornered, the virus, and into the polio-free area of the Punjab, which is the largest province. So really, three very different problems in each of these countries requiring different solutions going forward. Now let's talk a little bit about Nigeria specifically. In the New England Journal of Medicine article that you co-authored, you mentioned that poliovirus immunization was temporarily suspended in part of Nigeria. Is this what you're talking about regarding lower vaccine coverage in the northern regions? Well, in fact, there was a problem with coverage historically in the north of Nigeria, and this is because of a very weak health services in the northern part of the country. So routinely, if you think about routine immunization, maybe 20% of children are reached in most of the northern states, in contrast to probably somewhere around 60-70% in the southern states. But then as we use the polio campaigns to try and get over that problem, in the northern part of the country, some people began to question, well, why are they going to such trouble? And it gave rise to a lot of rumors that actually it was a campaign to sterilize children, et cetera, et cetera. That led to the suspension of immunization for 12 months while the northern governors in a couple of states tried to sort out the issue. And there has been some lingering problem with respect to concerns about the safety of the vaccine. But to be perfectly frank, that has not been the real rate-limiting step. It has continued to be the weakness of the infrastructure in the northern part of Nigeria and the lack, really, of local ownership by some of the governors in the north and some of the district-level authorities to just take this in hand and ensure all their kids are vaccinated. In the couple of states where they have done that, we've seen tremendous progress. If you've just joined us, you're listening to a special segment, Focus on Global Medicine on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Shu. Our guest is Dr. Bruce Aylward, Director of the Global Polio Eradication Initiative with the World Health Organization. We're discussing polio eradication efforts in endemic countries. 
Now, your New England Journal of Medicine article compared monovalent type 1 oral polio vaccine with trivalent vaccine. And this was done in the northern region of Nigeria, I believe, which had 96% of all type 1 cases in Nigeria in the year 2006. What were some of the key findings of this comparison? What we were trying to look at here, Jennifer, was whether or not the monovalent vaccine might provide us an edge in the eradication initiative in the north of Nigeria. So we did a case control study over the last couple of years to look at the efficacy of this new monovalent vaccine as opposed to the usual trivalent polio vaccine. And what we found is that it works at least two, if not three times better than the trivalent vaccine dose per dose in protecting children against type 1 polio. And that's particularly important because the type 1 polio has a highest paralytic rate of the remaining two serotypes and is also the one that spreads internationally. So getting that under control very quickly is the key. And clearly we have a much, much, much better tool for doing that with the monovalent product. Now, even if the monovalent product is more effective, what you mentioned in the part of India where there's such diarrheal illness You're not going to see that immunity no matter which product you use, a monovalent or trivalent. So what might be some ways of getting around this problem with immunity in India? In terms of northern India, the challenge clearly is suboptimal efficacy of the vaccine. And the monovalent vaccine, it performs as well in northern India as the trivalent vaccine does in the rest of the country. But remember, you've got that added problem of highly efficient transmission in the north, which means you have to get even higher coverage, higher population immunity in the north than you would have to in the south. Now, there's a couple of approaches that have been used to try and achieve this. One has been to mass campaign the population every month because between campaigns there were another half a million children being born in the northern part of India. So first thing was the government brought the campaigns closer together, used only the monovalent vaccines, and that appeared to be successful. It stopped the indigenous transmission of the type 1 virus. But the problem is it got reintroduced and took off again in the area of the north of India. So what the government is now looking at is how else could we boost immunity? And what we're particularly interested in is to give a dose of the inactivated polio vaccine in addition to the oral vaccine to the youngest kids in the highest risk areas to see if with that we couldn't build their immunity even more quickly than we can with the frequent campaigns. By the time children are three years of age, 99.5% of them are protected against polio in northern India. The problem is getting enough doses into them fast enough, and there we need some new ideas, and we're hoping IPV, a dose of IPV, might help. And how many doses do you anticipate in the series of immunization? Well, it's interesting. In northern India, it's hard to say how many doses any individual child needs to protect against polio. But what the plan is going forward is to continue using the monovalent vaccine basically every month in children under the age of five years and then using a dose of IPV six months apart in the highest risk areas to further boost or close any immunity gaps among the very young after they've had so many doses of MOPV. And the plan will be to run that approach right through 2009 and have another look at it in late 2009. But I'd be willing to wager by that time we're not going to have any more of the type 1 virus and we're going to be focused on type 3 in India. At what point in vaccine-induced immunity might we start seeing eradication of the disease? Is there a certain level of vaccine coverage that's required for that? 
key issue is not so much the coverage, as I'm sure you know, but the actual level of population immunity. And some of the other interesting insights we've had from our work with Imperial College to try and evaluate what's going on in Nigeria and India is that there are different levels of immunity appear to be needed in different areas. In Nigeria, it appears like transmission stops once you get up around 75 to 80 percent of the population protected by vaccination, whereas in northern India and potentially in parts of Pakistan, you have definitely got to get well over 90 percent and in northern India over 95 percent. So fully in the setting of northern India, a 15 percentage higher in level of immunity is probably needed than in sub-Saharan Africa. I'd like to thank our guest, Dr. Bruce Aylward. We've been discussing polio eradication efforts in endemic countries. I'm Dr. Jennifer Shu. You've been listening to a special segment, Focus on Global Medicine on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at reachmd.com, which features on-demand podcasts of our entire library. Thank you for listening.